BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl, hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all. But then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. Hey guys, this is Note to Self and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Note to Self. If you're new here, welcome for your first time. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for continuing to listen to me ramble on a mic. Today is a solo episode and I'm really excited for this because the past couple have been with guests and I feel like Note to Self was really built on the whole solo episode vibe and nothing makes me happier than just setting up my mic in my own apartment, relaxing. I've got a candle going next to me. I have my like 50 ounce like gallon water bottle sitting next to me. I'm just living my best life right now. I'm at my most peaceful and comfortable state. So I just really like recording like this. Not to say that I don't like recording in studio, but I will say when I recorded the last two episodes with both JC and Lindsay, they're kind of like seasoned professionals at the studio life. I am not. And I loved those episodes, but when I was recording them, I had the biggest imposter syndrome going on. And I honestly haven't really experienced that in a while, at least pertaining to the podcast. Like the only time I have like imposter syndrome with the podcast is when someone like comes up to me and is like, I listened to your podcast. And then I'm like, oh my God, people can, (laughs) people can hear this (laughs) because again, y'all, I'm just sitting by myself in my office in the dark with the shades drawn because I hope that it helps with keeping the sound out of this room. So humble beginnings and humble continuations, I guess. (laughs) But anyways, the studio is just like much more professional. And I like that I can record video in studio as well. I would love to have like an in-home studio at some point in my life, but that will have to happen when I have a permanent residence, which is my Second thing I want to talk about, I am moving from DC because the season is ending. We are moving to our new location in October. Our lease here in DC ends like the last day of September. We know like the city we're living in. We don't know where we're going to live and we don't know for how long. So the updated situation is that I think I've talked about this on the podcast. We did buy a house in Dallas, Texas. We are selling the house in Dallas, Texas now without having lived in it. All my stuff is in a storage unit next to the house in Dallas and we're not returning there again. I I really don't know if I talked about it on the podcast because I feel like I've talked about it like in my real life to people who have asked so much, Um, just like family, friends, people like that. Anyways, Joe's injured. He's going to be injured and not on the mound playing in a game until August of next year. 
So if you're new here, by the way, my boyfriend plays baseball. He's a pitcher. He just had elbow surgery. So that has thrown off the entire next year. I have no idea how long we're going to be in the next location that we go to. And I don't know where we're going after that. So things are a whirlwind. So the in-home studio probably won't be happening for me for quite a while. All that to say, I've really enjoyed my time in DC and it's so weird that it's like coming to an end. I'm loving being on the East coast. I went to New York city like two days ago, just for, I mean, less than 24 hours, which is kind of my dream to be able to just like pop in and out of New York. Also, Joe and I, I believe are going to New York this weekend too, which proximity to my favorite city on earth that really helps move DC to one of my favorite city spots on my favorite city list. Also, I just love DC in general, great food, really good people. It's really exciting. It's like Loki, like what is the most powerful city in the world? Maybe. I don't know. That's up there. And it's just weird that I live here. I can walk a mile and I'm like at the Supreme court, which, you know, I did when the Roe v. Wade situation happened. And at other times, it was really interesting to actually watch that unfold this close to the Supreme court. Anyways, I'm getting off on a tangent. I've been loving DC. I'm going to be sad to leave the East coast. That's the hint that you're getting. We will not be on the East coast. Some people have guessed New York, but if you think Joe and I are equipped to handle a New York winter, you think way too highly of us. (laughs) You think that we are tougher than we are. We're absolutely not that tough. I hate the freezing and Joe also hates the freezing. So Joe and I thought Dallas was frozen during the winter time last year. So that's as much as we can handle. It snowed like once and we were like freaking (laughs) freaking out. Okay. My last little update, my last little life update thing. Speaking of going to New York city, I went to New York to shoot my first ever capsule collection with a brand. And I am doing a jewelry collection with one of my favorite Texas-based brands. They're actually based in Houston. It's called Bird Life. And I have worn this jewelry for a couple of years now. Bird Life sent me like a little lovely gifting about two years ago. And I just really love their jewelry. I feel like there's a good mix of like essentials and like favorite pieces and then more like statement pieces. They also have like, if you live in Houston, by the way, they have a flagship where you can go in and get like permanent jewelry, which I think is really interesting. Anyways, they've kind of got it all a great range and they've got a really good price point in my opinion. So I have been putting together this capsule collection with them and I've kind of put together just a bunch of jewelry that I really want to wear and perfected it for myself. That was kind of the goal. I think everything turned out beautifully. I'm going to share all of the pieces with the name of each piece on my YouTube channel, uh, coming up here on Monday and as probably as well on Instagram stories and such, we're going to launch on August 25th. So that's a week from now that all of the collection will be available. I believe there are 11 pieces in it. Um, so some necklaces, a bracelet, some rings and some earrings, including my everyday hoop that I wear every single day. It's called the favorite hoop. And much like what bird life typically carries, we've got some like classic everyday pieces. And then we've got some more statement pieces and then kind of just things in between that. I really wanted to build a collection that would complement just the jewelry I already wear every single day and kind of elevate it. And by the way, I don't know why I haven't said this yet. The collection is called all good things. And in it is a necklace that I like to wear. It's like this little like rectangle pendant necklace and it says all good things on it. It's just like a little everyday gold necklace. I think it's so cute and kind of unique looking with the shape, but I just really like that saying it comes up again and again in my life. And I feel like it's a good thing to look at every single day. Cause I just, it puts me in a more positive mindset, I guess. So that's what the collection is called. And I went to New York, like I said, a couple of days ago to shoot that with one of my friends in like the social media world, who is also from Texas. I met a couple of years ago. Her name is Kellyanne. She's a makeup artist. So she's amazing. I was so excited. I got to hire someone like her to help me out with this. And then also my photographer friend, Emma, who I've worked with a couple of times and we've just become buds throughout the process. And 
Her work is fucking amazing. I cannot wait to share everything with you guys. At this point, I've already posted a few things on social media, but just like, I don't know, I'm excited for everyone to get their hands on the product. Note to Self is sponsored by Dipsy. Are you feeling a little anxious, overworked, or overwhelmed? Well, I'm all these things, even when I'm not that busy, so I can relate. These feelings can make it difficult to shift gears and get in the mood. With Dipsy, you can focus on what makes you feel good, if you know what I mean there. And really, that's what being in your villain era is all about. It's prioritizing yourself, making yourself feel good. So Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Find stories about that intriguing co-worker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. Hear the sexy voices of Sharonis J. Jackson, ER Fightmaster, Luke Cook, and many others in stories like you've never heard before. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they offer written stories. I'm partial to the sleep stories. I really like stuff like that to fall asleep to. It's your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of Note to Self, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash note to self. That's all caps, N-O-T-E-T-O-S-E-L-F. And that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash note to self. Dipsystories.com slash note to self. I'm just, you tell I'm pumped. I've never done like a collection like this before. I've worked with brands like just for social media partnerships, but never like as involved as this. With all of that said, let's get into the topic of today's solo episode. So I've been seeing content all around social media about being in your villain era. And I've had a number of people reach out to me on social media and be like, oh my God, I love your podcast. Like it just is going really well with like my villain era mindset. I didn't realize that this was my lifestyle until someone brought it up. And then I, of course, have been all over TikTok and like Instagram and researching really, really what it means to be in your villain era, because it's not really what it is on the surface. And I, I truly feel that I, I resonate with this whole villain era mindset, especially in the last few years, as I've gotten a little older and I've got to know myself and I've become a little more unapologetic in my life. I want to remind y'all that this is kind of just for fun. Okay. It's just a podcast. It's not that serious. If you don't want to be in your villain era, you don't have to, you can do whatever the fuck you want with your life. And also I want to remind you that much of this podcast is kind of me talking to myself and reminding myself of things, hence note to self. And I've noticed that sharing my inner workings and the things that I need to hear can be helpful to other people because we're kind of all in the same boat. We're not special in that way, which makes it kind of special. So this is a note to myself. If you don't want it to be a note to you, you don't have to take it. That's totally fine. You can say, hey, you know what, Peyton, fuck you. I hate villain era. (laughs) And I'd be like, you know what? That sounds great to me. It's okay. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't really care. So do keep that in mind as you listen to note to self. It's just not that serious. And this really is either a note to myself and things I need to hear and remind myself of now or things I needed to hear a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. I'm 28 now. So 10 years ago at 18, I needed to hear a lot of things (laughs) that I know now. Maybe I'll make a note to my future self at some point. I don't know, but it's a note to myself. So again, this is more of an intimate conversation that we're having. And it's a lot about my own personal life and things that I just need. And I'm happy to share them because I know many of you are in the same boat as me. We're all in this together. Okay. I need to just shut up and start talking about this. I do want to tell y'all first, I kind of wanted this to be like a holistic approach when it comes to talking about this topic. So I have created some lists and links for reference for y'all and put them in the show notes. 
So one, I've got a playlist for your villain era. We're thinking Meg the Stallion vibes. Meg the Stallion literally is my favorite person on the fucking planet. So a lot of Meg the Stallion vibes in that playlist as well as other things. But she's kind of like the face to me in my head of living in your villain era. I'm going to have a Pinterest board up uh, that kind of goes with this episode. And then I'm going to share my style and my beauty boards just in the show notes because that's something I'm going to reference later in this episode. I will also be sharing my Amazon list, another thing I'll reference, and then my outfit, like kind of revolve favorites list of exactly what I've put together for like my villain era type of lifestyle. And again, this, all of this will make sense in a second when I actually explain myself. Okay. But anyways, all that stuff is in the show notes for you to reference at any time. All right. So let's talk about being in your villain era. Let's do this ladies. So I looked up villain era content on social media. I did some research. I was trying to see like, what are the kids saying about being in your villain era? What does it mean on the surface? What does it actually mean when we're talking about it deep down? What does it represent? Okay. And to me, when I really think about it in my life, being in my villain era is all about boundaries and setting boundaries that make you more comfortable in your life and allow you to thrive. So I was looking up the definition of boundaries and relationships, especially. And I came across an article on psychologytoday.com by Dr. John Amadeo. I will link that below too. So I'm just going to read what it says about having boundaries here. So you can have a specific idea of like what I'm talking about when I say that. So this says having boundaries means honoring ourselves as a separate person with needs and wants that often differ from others. Without healthy boundaries, we allow others to override our feelings and desires. We get eaten alive by people who are very clear about what they want. The essence of boundaries is differentiating what we want from what others want from us. Kind of a banger. I think this is something we refer to as a villain era, this boundary setting era, because setting boundaries feels selfish. If you're someone who hasn't had solid boundaries in your relationships in the past, and this can be friendships, romantic relationships, relationships within your family. I feel like as women, many of us are taught that a good woman or mother or friend or girlfriend, wife is selfless, nurturing, supportive, and sacrifices for the good of others. And for this reason, being more self-centered in your choices feels kind of edgy and (laughs) villain-like, which kind of sucks a little bit. But, you know, I'm right there with you. I feel you. If this is you, we're on the same page. I really like the term villain era because it kind of feels like badass and like powerful But I think at the bare bones, it really just is a boundary setting era. But villain era sounds better. So in my life, I haven't really had trouble setting boundaries with romantic partners, but I have had trouble setting boundaries within friendships and within my family relationships. I feel like those have always been more insidious in that way because like, I feel like the romantic relationship boundaries are more obvious, though sometimes they aren't but I feel like they're more obvious. And with like family and friends, I don't know. I just never really thought about them being toxic. And I could definitely like be like, okay, that's a toxic relationship thing. I'm not a part of it. But with family and friends, it's always been more difficult for me. And I'm just going to have a more personal note on this. If you guys resonate with this, great. Um, If you don't, you don't have to listen to me, but I'm just going to set the scene for you. So you know where I'm coming from when I'm talking about this. So I have let people act absolutely insane in my life and I have kept them around because I'm good in chaos and I'm good around like highly emotional reactive people, which my therapist says is a trait that I probably developed in my childhood, (laughs) but that's not today's discussion. So I can stay calm and usually like these types of people are the most exciting and fun and funny people to be around when they're good. These people are my friends a lot of the time and not only my friends, but like my close ass friends. And when they're good, they're great. They're literally the best. Um, but when they're bad, they riot. (laughs) Okay. I'm being very, very honest here. So 
with these few people that kind of overstep boundaries that I didn't really set. Okay. That I hadn't learned to set yet. I started noticing this like toxicity and this kind of repetitive behavior on my part from my other friends who are really good at boundary setting, who I really respect and who are very level-headed and who actually give a shit about me. (laughs) And I've had a couple different times, those friends in my life step in and be like, uh, why are you dealing with this person? Like why? In that case, I'm always like, well, you know, they can be kind of dramatic and fly off the handle and be pretty selfish and you know, whatever. Um, but they don't really like mean it. Like they're not trying to be mean to me, but they're just kind of lost. And I'm not, you know, I'm not really offended by them flying off the handle, but they do. This is a very specific, you know, example, but I'm just telling you like kind of the, the thing in my life that keeps repeating. And my friend, let's say my friend, like Laurel, one of my best friends from college, she has talked to me about this particular thing before. And she's like, okay, well, I see what you're saying. They don't mean it. They're, they're just flying off the handle. It's fine, whatever. But why would you be around that if you don't have to? Question mark. And for me, I'm like, well, you know, I, I rarely have connections with people in terms of friendship, obviously even more rarely in romantic relationships, but with friendship still pretty rare that I like really connect with someone. There definitely is like a chemistry to friendship. So I'm always like, well, you know, I'm their friend and I like them and I know they don't mean it. And I know that like all this stuff and you literally, when you hear yourself saying this kind of thing over and over again, and your friends that, you know, love you are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You start being like, oh, this is a lack of boundaries that I have, isn't it? And everyone else is like, yes, (laughs) this might not be you, but I feel like it's a similar pattern, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships or family problems, you know, and a lot of it stems from the family problems. But again, we can talk about that later. So a couple of years ago, I feel like I built a bit of a wall around me and I simply stopped talking to people. I didn't go out of my way to keep relationships with people who made everyone around them, me included, kind of bend to their will. And I didn't hang out with people who bitched about not getting what they want specifically, which was a big thing for me to do. I also decided to stop being friends with people who fly off the handle easily. And I decided to stop making excuses for them if they do that, because it's just repeating habits that I don't need to have in my life. I also stopped taking responsibility for other people's work life, which somewhat happens if you're a person who wants all of your people to be successful with you. I started realizing that one, not everyone wants to work like I do. Some people just really don't want to spend their time doing that, which, you know, you can't force that on people if they don't want it. But if they don't want it and they're not going to do it, I had to really explain to my own self that like, just because they're not doing it doesn't mean you need to do it for them. Like it's not your responsibility. So for me, I stopped taking responsibility for their work, which can be difficult when you have friends who also are coworkers. And that's the whole thing with having like influencer friends. Cause I have a couple really great ones, but they, there's always a work component to having influencer friends sometimes. Cause you're really coworkers. Like imagine you go to work and you have your coworkers. That's how we all meet. (laughs) We're literally working together. And though it can seem more, it can seem different and you can actually spawn really genuine relationships from that. We're always going to be coworkers to some extent. And it's weird when those two things are mixing, right? So for me, I had to stop taking responsibility for people's work life and stop trying to make people work like I do or trying to make opportunity for other people who were not necessarily reciprocating or like trying as hard as I was. And I had to stop talking to people who felt entitled to that from me. So here we have a situation where I'm letting go of toxic habits of me connecting myself to people and allowing people to fly off the handle in my presence and stop using the excuse that I'm good at chaos and that it doesn't offend me as a reason to stay in those situations. Recognizing that pattern for me was a huge deal. And it really allowed me to shift the way I look at the relationships in my life. And that's really where I started to draw a boundary around myself. And this allowed me 
to focus on my own work. Cause it wasn't like I was ever, and still I'm not in a place where like I can be helping other people <laughs> with their job. I need to be focusing on my fucking job. Okay. I realized that a few years ago. I was like, shit, <laughs> I have to do this for myself. I'm not like rolling in the dough. I work hard and I am doing well now, but it, I think it's a lot of it is because I really started focusing on myself and my work a few years ago. So in summary, I really started focusing on me and what I need short and long term in order to create the life that I want. And I think this is where we enter the villain era. So I've done that through boundary setting. And I think one thing about your villain era is that it's not about like being mean to people or seeking to hurt anybody, but it's about prioritizing yourself. It's not about anybody else. It's not really about being nice to them or mean to them or anything like you just, it's just about you. So I've come up with a few steps to enter into your villain era. We can call these villain era best practices and things that I've noticed in my life and things that I need a refresher on and a reminder. So step one for your villain era, ruthlessly edit your life. So we were talking about boundaries in terms of your relationships with friends, family, romantic partners, whatever. Decide who you are, your best around, and then be intentional about the energy you let into your life. So this doesn't mean that you need to completely cut people off if you don't want to, but distance from toxicity is healthy and you are the people you surround yourself with. Because if you hang around people who constantly need your help or your understanding, that can really drain you and really drag you down. If you hang out with people who just stress you out, that also drains you. I think it's important to remember that distancing yourself from toxicity can feel lonely at times. I'm saying this from experience and reminding myself of it. Um, But it also leaves room for you to reconnect with yourself. It leaves room for people who match your energy to come into your life. And I feel like this has been huge for my 20s so far. So one thing I've done is made friends with women and some men that I find genuinely inspiring. Clicking with people is kind of few and far between, like I said, but when I meet someone who just gets it and like we we're on the same page, um, if I feel drawn to them, I do make it a point to stay in contact. And this has been something that's been really helpful for me to start being intentional about specifically my friends and the people that I have in my life that are work related as well. So my team, my manager, people like my assistant, I am so intentional about that and not to be like exclusive because it doesn't mean that they are better than anybody else, but it just means they're better for me. I would also say a huge part of this for me has been, and before I met Joe, being careful about my romantic partner choices and not giving energy to people who were essentially fuckboys and making excuses for them because we don't do that anymore in our villain era. I started thinking more about like, do I like this man rather than does he like me? And that led me to Joe, which has been great for the last two years so far. So (laughs) I would say that was a great way for me to enter into that. And that was very villain era-esque of me. So if he or she does not match your energy, then they don't need to be necessarily in my life. Friendships, relationships, whatever it is. Okay, so now we're moving on from editing the people in your life, let's say, to aesthetics, because we love an aesthetic around here. And if this isn't important to you, that's okay. You can fast forward, but we're talking aesthetics now. So let's talk your style. For me, I've always been really connected to my personal style. So when I'm wearing certain things, I feel a certain way. The cities that I visit affect it. If I'm doing something during the day, I'll wear a certain style. If I'm doing something during the nighttime, I'll wear a certain style. Even when I'm at home, I have like a style going on usually. So this is important to me. So I think, you know, being in your villain era is about, again, we're going back to ruthlessly editing your life. Who do you want to be and what do you want your closet to say about you? And what do you feel best in? Because that's really what it boils down to is like, what do you feel best in? Curating a closet of what you love is peak villain era moment. So for me, a closet reset really just feels cathartic. And I love cleaning up my closet, literally and figurative, (laughs) 
figuratively. I think there are certain ways to do this too, if you're more on a budget. So it doesn't need to be like, oh, if you have all this money, you get to do this villain era fun stuff. And if you, you know, don't have all of this money, if you're living more paycheck to paycheck, you don't get it. I'm going to give you some options. All right. So first of all, closet clean out. We are getting rid of everything that we don't want. Ruthlessly editing. Remember? So if you haven't worn something, if you don't plan to wear it, do not hold on to it. Poshmark is a beautiful thing. Depop as well, whichever one you prefer. Um, Get rid of everything. Sell it. Give it away. Make a little bit of money. I also really like Poshmark and thrifting for like lower price items. Poshmark has been great for vintage stuff. I've been thrifting a little bit. There's not so much to thrift like in terms of like the DC area, but LA and New York are great for it. Uh, one thing I will say, this has been a key to my life. It's very obvious, but I feel like I forgot about it for a hot second. Zara. Zara is the Mecca. I know what's the Mecca of fast fashion, but if you're on a budget, you got to do it sometimes. Okay. If you want to curate something. So I would say Zara out of all like the mall stores, I would prefer it over like Forever 21, H&M, stuff like that. Though H&M does have some good stuff sometimes. But Zara, Zara's a classic. Go get yourself some of those $9 tanks. Just get some for every day and you're, you're golden. We got the clean girl aesthetic going on. So cleaning out your closet and making room for the things that you actually love. So make a Pinterest board or a vision board of your style. You can get creative and specific. This is always really fun for me. You can also make it romantic with yourself. You can pull out your laptop, light a candle, or a glass of wine, make your style, literally schedule it in your calendar to do that for yourself. And you can also do this with your makeup and hair and nails, whatever it is, spend time creating your vibe. I love this. It's really important. And it's like a good thing to do for influencers. If you have an online presence, cause it just kind of streamlines things, but it's good for everyone to just find your style and create it and make it your own and wear things that you really feel good in and feel most like yourself in this era of your life. Makeup wise and like style wise, I feel like it's good to develop a few like go-to looks that you can master. And then like, that's just like your thing. That's where you feel comfy and that's where you feel good. Another thing is curating and ruthlessly editing your home and your surroundings. So I just like to, in this era of my life, keep things clean as much as I can. Sometimes we fall off and sometimes I have clothes, like a clothes explosion in my office. I really like to curate with like the little things and be intentional about what I collect for my home. I like to have flowers when I can get them. I go to the farmer's market here in DC. They're like cheaper than at Whole Foods there and they're freaking beautiful. So I do that a lot. I have a lot of photos of myself, friends, and Joe. Um, Candles. Candles are important to me. I like these very specific, like non-toxic candles on Amazon. This is where the Amazon wish list comes in, by the way, that are relatively inexpensive, especially for like non-toxic ones. But I like to keep things simple around the home, just so keeping things clean is easy. So a lot of like organization is nice for me. And also just having less stuff is really important to me. But just again, being very intentional about what I bring into my space, everything has a purpose. What I like to do is kind of make it easy to set a specific vibe in my home and in each room. So like our bedroom, we don't really do anything in there besides sleep and have sex and like lay in the mornings. In my office, it's a different vibe. It's very bright in my office. I've got the candle going, like it's a different scent and compared to the rest of the house, because I feel like it like wakes me up and everything is clean. And my office is basically just my clothing rack and my desk. And that's all that's in the office and a mirror. So anyways, there's a vibe to each room. Our living room is a little more relaxing. I try not to do work in the living room as much as possible and really keep that space for living. So ruthlessly editing each down to each room. (laughs) I also have done this with my car. I like to keep it clean in general, but just like cleaning shit out of my car is sometimes really difficult for me. So like making it a point to pick up all of my 8,000 cups (laughs) that are just around and to get the stuff out of my car that I need to get out of it and stop being lazy about it. Cause when I get in my car, I feel very clean and fresh and just like I've prioritized myself. Another thing to edit ruthlessly, like we said, is 
the content and media that you consume. So unfollow people on social media if you want to. This is about you. Follow people that you're inspired by. Listen to podcasts that you love. Listen to songs that make you feel good. And I think a big part of this, just like JC and I were talking about two weeks ago on her episode, is the idea of creating more than you consume has always been or sounded like a good one because I think overconsumption sometimes is just toxic. All right, so after we're done ruthlessly editing, it's time to take care of ourselves. And we can do this in a number of ways. So one, obviously anything self-care related or personal care or like hygiene or general upkeep related. So this is when we're bringing in the facials, getting our nails done, long bubble baths if you like those. If you like Botox, if you like filler, what is making you feel your best? You don't absolutely need these things. And there is a way to do many of them on the cheap. I recently gave Joe a five-star at-home facial. We had all the steps in there. We had the exfoliation and we had like facial massage, lots of moisturizing. He loved it. He was living his best life. Some sheet masks. So you don't necessarily need to go spend a gazillion dollars on a massage at the Four Seasons in order for it to qualify as self-care. Bubble baths at home tend to be pretty inexpensive. You know, get some of the Fit Vine wine. That's like $9. And I actually really like that stuff. Pour yourself a glass of red, listen to a podcast, read a book. Like these things can be done realistically without spending a ton of money. But the reason I put also like Botox and filler in there is because I would like to make it very obvious that I am pro whatever makes you feel good. I also do think though, these things can turn toxic when you go too crazy. So make sure you're doing it in a healthy way. Like for me, the only place that I get filler that I figure I I like need this to live in the world right now. I actually need a re-up, but I'm really lazy with going to actually get it. So under eye filler, it's my favorite thing. I just look more awake. I tend to have a bit of a bag. If I get it all puffy, you can totally tell I love under eye filler. Do I think I need a completely different face? Absolutely not. Absolutely unnecessary. But my relationship with under eye filler is good. When I do get it, I do feel a little more villain-esque. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But if these little tweaks make you feel better about yourself, fucking do it. I'm not judging you. All right, next. After the luxurious self-care, kind of more physical things that we do for ourselves or I've done for myself and I want to do for myself in this era of my life, we're getting our shit together. And I think this is really where all of it comes to a head because I think being in this era is about getting your shit together and you're setting boundaries and you're ruthlessly editing and all these things so that it's easier for you to get your shit together. And a good way to do this is to set goals work-wise, life-wise, personal finance-wise, relationship-wise, and plan, schedule ahead, create a formula to get to these goals. I feel like planning and setting specific goals and then actually moving towards them daily feels like self-care in a way. And it really helps me manage my anxiety because things don't feel too overwhelming anymore when I'm kind of just quietly moving forward every single day. It really kind of slows my life down too and allows me to just relax into things when I have a plan that I'm, you know, playing out. And it's always great to have direction too. I think this is really like the epitome of prioritizing you and what you want is staying disciplined enough to follow a plan that you set out for yourself, which again, that's kind of just showing up for yourself, trusting yourself, which makes you more self-confident and like the cycle just continues. This is the cycle we want to find ourselves in. So to get specific for me, money has always been a really overwhelming topic And this was true when I didn't have any money and I lived more paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. And it's true when I have a bit more and I have money to start saving and investing. Because once I hit that point, I was still kind of in scarcity mindset in my head and still like nervous and anxious about rent and things like that. Even though like at this point in my life, I don't need to be that nervous or anxious about it. So actually today, like a couple hours ago, I had a meeting with a money manager 
And we went through a very specific plan with a goal in mind. And honestly, just having that meeting has been like a weight lifted off my shoulders. I understand that that might be a few years down the line for some of you. And trust me, we've all been there when it's not a race. (laughs) Shit happens in life and we all have to learn at our own pace. But until this year, I have not felt calm. I'm still pretty anxious, I will say, but like, I feel like I'm making the necessary steps to feel very calm and settled in that area of my life, which I feel both lucky for. And I feel very proud of myself for. So let's say you're not at the point where you need a money manager yet. Self-education is incredibly important. There are so many podcasts out there to listen to about realistic money management. There was just one on the him and her podcast. I really enjoyed that. I'm actually like almost done with it there. I have like 10 minutes left. Um, but so far I've really enjoyed that episode and I feel like it's a good starting point for people, obviously understanding like taxes and the things like that pertain to you and your specific state is really important. And I've hit a point in my life where I'm like, I just want to fucking save. And that doesn't necessarily mean for me, like not spending on anything, but it really is that back to the ruthless editing spending on the very specific things in my life that I like, like my morning coffee, a nice dinner here and there, a nice vacation every couple months. I spend money on work a lot of the time, but a lot of that ends up being a tax write-off. So it's not something that I necessarily need to worry about, but everyone has work expenses, right? So that could apply to you in a way, but not over consuming. It's more about just being really intentional with my consumption. And that goes hand in hand with being in your villain era and ruthlessly editing and curating this life that you want. And luckily, a lot of the time that leads to saving a good amount of money and getting your shit together in that way. Another thing in terms of getting your shit together kind of with a formula or a plan is what you're eating, what you're putting in your body. One, I got that huge water bottle I referenced earlier, and it has changed my life because I like drink so much water now, but it's because I got a specific water bottle that I was like, okay, the plan is to fill up this water bottle every single day, three times into the night. I'm like, oh shit, I got to go drink the other half of, you know, my third fill up or whatever, but it's like a plan. It's a formula I can follow and it makes it easy every day to feel good about getting enough water. So when it comes to food, Joe and I actually really need to go to the grocery store, but we try to every week go to the farmer's market on Sundays get a bunch of fruit that we know we'll eat and we know we like, get some greens for green smoothies when we're feeling it. Just have things on hand that make it easy to follow a pretty healthy diet. And then that way, for me personally, and this doesn't need to be for you, especially if you have a specific need when it comes to like the way you look at food. But for me, I just want to eat whole foods that are healthy. And I don't want to overly fixate on what I'm eating. And I just want to make it easy for myself. And then when I go out and eat, I don't even think about it because I've done the baseline work every single day to feel healthy and good. But I think a lot of the time, you know, being in your villain era is not necessarily about being skinny or looking at a very specific way, but it is about feeling good. So find foods that make you feel good after you eat them, that make you feel just like, full and comfortable and, you know, (laughs) well-fed that are good for your body. I think that you can't go wrong doing that. And of course I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor, but this has been the best way for me to look at food. And it's actually really helped me be in my best shape. I also think that getting your shit together with like exercise and things like that and healthy eating it is not only a formula and a plan where you kind of think like, okay, this is what I kind of things I eat for lunch. This is the kind of things I eat for dinner when I'm at home. These are the kind of foods that I generally like and eat if I'm trying to be, you know, quote healthy, but also make it like romantic when you have, I like to wash my blueberries and put them in a really cute bowl and like put strawberries with them and add some, like a couple different, you know, or mint leaves or something like that to make it feel really romantic. And to me, it feels like I have my shit together, what I'm eating wise. And then with workout, find a plan or a schedule working out that you genuinely enjoy and that is doable for you. So it's not overworking. It's not making yourself go to the gym when you fucking hate it. It's finding what works for you in a realistic schedule and 
having that schedule is so helpful for just like day to day easing of anxiety, I feel like. And it just makes you feel like you have your shit together. So for me right now, it's hot girl walks and Pilates. I schedule those in every week. If I start, you know, falling behind some weeks or I don't like, I can't make it work on that specific schedule. I have to get off of it. That's totally fine too. But having that loose schedule really helps me one, be able to do the various exercises and things I want to do. Um, and it just makes me feel more at ease and better. And like, it makes me feel like I have more control over my life. I think that when I look at these different pillars of my life and I get them all under control and I get my shit together, it really just helps me. Like I said, have direction. I feel like I'm moving towards something and I'm staying in my lane. And to me, that's kind of what being in your villain era is all about. Another thing I really like to do that I feel like is villain era-esque is to just educate myself on things in general. So if I have interest in certain things, I just like to learn more about it, whether it be business or personal finance or psychology or anything health related. Keeping up to date, reading, listening to podcasts just makes me feel like I have my shit together too. And especially when I can apply those things to my own life. We're just, we're adulting. That's a great adulting tactic, which is obvious to everyone, but I just wanted to note that one too. Another one to think about, do we need therapy? Do we need some alone time to reconnect with ourselves? Think about what you need. Getting your shit together mentally is also very important and it can just enhance the whole villain era experience. But therapy is another thing I will add onto the list of being in your villain era. There are ways to get therapy at a more discounted price rather than going in and seeing a therapist, but a lot of insurance companies do cover this. There's various outlets online you can look into and do a little bit of research on. And I'm hoping that as we move forward with technology, that therapy gets more and more accessible moving forward. I feel like now it kind of feels like a luxury, but if that's you, if that applies to you, and if you can afford that, I think that that's a great thing to look into too, because you just kind of need a re-up sometimes and you just need to get your shit together in that way. So I feel like now we are setting the boundaries in order to have our own little home where we prioritize ourselves. And we don't let other people expect everything from us without giving us much in return. We have protected ourselves with a boundary that allows us to thrive and grow our own little, plant our own seed, so to speak. And we've curated it. We have created a space that we feel good in. We have, you know, put clothes on our bodies that we feel good in. We have created our look aesthetically, if that's something that you like and you want to indulge in. We take care of ourselves. We're relaxing. And Then we are also getting our shit together. We're putting our best foot forward. We have the plans in place. Everything's under control. We got our money under control. We've got our health and fitness related activities under control. We are planning things. We feel comfortable. I feel like this just puts you in like a flow. And again, you don't need to be like so intense about this stuff. Like you can, you know, life happens. You you go out with your friends sometimes. You go have a drink. You add these other little exciting, luxurious things into your life too. But a general plan is nice is what I'm saying. So once we're in this like kind of flow and we're having all this positive energy, I feel like we've reached our goal of being in our villain era. Cause at this point you're kind of attracting rather than chasing what isn't good for you. You're attracting kind of what's, what's meant for you. At least in my experience, when I'm in like an energy like that, that's how I feel. And like my life just like feels a little bit euphoric. Obviously things go wrong and like things happen all the time, but like at its base, it feels euphoric. And it doesn't happen to me all the time, but when I focus and do all of these things, I feel like it happens a lot more often than when I don't. This allows you to kind of maintain that inner peace. And then you feel deserving and confident and in control of your life, which is the ultimate goal. So those are my steps kind of to when I want to reset and really be living my best villain era life. I know this was wordy and I'm talking a lot, but I don't know. I just am sharing my inner thoughts and hoping that someone (laughs) agrees or resonates or is just on the same page as me. One thing I did want to note is what your villain era isn't, in my opinion. First and foremost, it's definitely not existing in other people's business. You're in your own lane and you're kind of the main character of your life. 
I know main character is a very trendy thing as well. We're the main character. We're not in everyone else's business. That takes up a lot of time. (laughs) And kind of to go along with that, I feel like it's not scrolling for hours on social media because this can be relaxing and fun, but it can also grow toxic when content consumption, stalking, or fixating on someone else becomes like compulsive. And I feel like when you're in your own lane, you just don't really care that much. And that's the difference between using social media responsibly and then not so much. And it also specifically is not turning your back on people that you love and who love you who are going through something because this happens and it that's totally different than kind of distancing yourself from people who are continually entitled to your time or your energy without reciprocating or are taking advantage of you. Those are two very different things. Do not just like, (laughs) if your friend is struggling, we're not going to be like, okay, fuck you. I'm in my villain era and then like leave them. Those are two different things. I think we can all agree. And also I think it's good to remember that sometimes you just need to like hype yourself up and get yourself into your villain era mindset. And I think this comes with like just baseline confidence and feeling powerful. I think that's what this is all about and like feeling in control of your life. So some ways I will do this if I'm not really feeling it is put on a cute outfit. Like I said, do my makeup, go out with my friends, listen to specific music, which is where the playlist comes in, clean my house. Like all of these little tangible tips are things that I do to set myself up in that mindset. If I start finding myself going down, you know, a habitual path when it comes to relationships and family and friends and all these things, or slipping up when it comes to not trying to reach my potential in some ways. And again, it doesn't need to be so intense, but like when I get off track consistently for like weeks and weeks at a time, I try to bring myself in with all of these little mindset tricks. So that was a I mean, like I said, a wordy episode, but I hope you guys got something from that. I hope you guys like understand where I'm coming from and you can employ some of these in your life. I'm going to be living my best villain era for the next 10 years. So (laughs) I don't know what else to say. I guess maybe until I have children, because then you really do have to think about them way more than yourself. So if you have kids, I mean, this doesn't obviously apply to your children because they're going to be little mooches. Children are going to (laughs) mooch. They're not going to give you back what you're giving them. I'm realizing, but now my Chipotle has been delivered downstairs and it's been like 30 minutes. So I'm sure, I'm sure it's nice and soggy for me (laughs) waiting. It'll still be freaking good because it's Chipotle, but I hope you guys all live in your best villain era from here on out. Thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind-the-scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to y'all next week.